hope that people love it. You know, they, they've got a built-in audience. They've got all these people that are on their streaming service and everything else. 200 million people, I think, or 150 million, something like that, that are members of Disney+. Plus. But they don't put m movies out uh, without marketing those movies. They have a marketing budget. So I would say even if your marketing budget isn't that big, I think that if you believe in what you're doing, you believe in your product, you believe in your brand, or you have some evidence that your product and brand can uh, can resonate with some target audience, uh, you know, put your money where your mouth is. You have to do that. That's how you separate. You can't just sort of say, well, I've got this great thing. There are a lot of people that have great things. My sister, let me tell you about my sister, how weird she is. My sister, she's a medical doctor, and I love her, but she's funny. I saw her today. My wife was telling me, we went on a run. I, I run with my wife as, as much as possible so, I don't, so that I don't get fat. Well, we were running today, and she tells me that Beyonce, she says, all those people are already lining up for the Beyonce concert. I said, I said, wait, I thought, I thought y'all went to see Beyonce in Nashville last week. And she said, yeah, but Beyonce's in Chicago. I said, oh, she's in Chicago. Cool. And so, and then my wife goes, she says, yeah, Tangie's going to see Beyonce tonight. I said, but Tangie went to see Beyonce in Nashville. Like, what? She's, why is she going again in Chicago? And so uh, we were laughing about that. And, and the thing is that, that when I think about Beyonce, though, what what is Beyonce? Do you think Beyonce is the only beautiful black woman who can sing and dance? There are a million. There's probably a million of them. You know, there's, there's tens of thousands of, of, of extraordinarily talented, gorgeous black women that can do what Beyonce does. But what they don't have that Beyonce has is they have, she has hundreds of millions of dollars backing her branding. I, I hope you all understand where I'm coming from. She has, uh, Beyonce is a product. And this is what, but this is what I see. I guess, you know, again, my business is my background. So maybe we don't see it like that. But a lot of times I see people that think that it's all about the talent and who's the best at something. And it's not about who's the best. It's who gets the most marketing nine times out of 10. And the talent is, is, is sort of a necessary condition to get out there, but it's not there. It's not the um, sufficient condition, as, as you say in mathematics. It's not enough to do it. Talent is not enough. So I would encourage you, uh, if you're trying to build a platform, uh, my friend Lamar Tyler, uh, who is great at this, uh, his company has made probably, I want to say they probably made $50 million doing this. Uh, he actually runs uh, something called Traffic Sales and Profit. It's the biggest collective of black millionaires that I know of. And But I'm talking about the right kind of black millionaires. I'm not talking about people who went out and, you know, and, and you know, somebody, some company gave them a bunch of money. No, no, no. These are independent uh, black people who built their own economy. And there's probably maybe 40, 50 millionaires in this group. And, uh, and Lamar helped develop all of them. He, he's that good. And one thing Lamar always says is that with traffic, if you're trying to get traffic or on social media or whatever, you, you get it one of three ways. You have to buy it, borrow it, or build it. So you either buy it, meaning you buy ads, things like that. Uh, you borrow it, meaning you find somebody who has a platform and you offer them something and you say, hey, if I do this for you, will you give me access to a platform? Uh, you know, and uh, and and I can tell you that's how I got. That's how I started my social media. I went to uh, AOL Black Voices, and uh, and I I said, hey, I'd like to write financial articles for you. AOL Black Voices at the time in 2008, 2009 was the biggest black platform online. Uh, Ariana Huffington screwed it up. To be honest with you, she kind of didn't respect it, and she bought the company and just threw it in the garbage, pretty much. But anyway, when I was at AOL, um, I remember they were telling me they said, well, we don't think we can afford you, Dr. Watkins, because they were thinking we can't afford to pay. A professor to come and write for us and i said well i'll make it easy for you I'll, I'll write for free and they thought i was crazy they were like why would you do it for free that doesn't make any sense and uh the difference is that we were thinking differently they, they were thinking in terms of paychecks i was thinking in terms of investment and an investment is where you sacrifice something today so you can have more later on 
And so, uh, so I went in there and, and I didn't, and I think that they thought I was going to send them maybe an article every two weeks or something like that, you know, cause I'm so busy doing all these other things that are clearly more important than doing the free job. No, I didn't do that. I wrote, I wrote six articles a day for them every day, seven days a week. Cause why? Well, because one of my comparative strengths is that I, I think I can think about ideas fast. I can write them really fast. And I was just cranking out all these articles. So it became a little awkward because I had, they had people that were paying a hundred thousand a year they weren't producing half as much as I was, and my content was good. Well, but what they didn't see was on the back end, that's when I was building my audience. At the end of every article, I would just say, if you'd like to have more of Dr. Watkins' articles delivered to your email, uh, click here. And I was building that first part of my email list. That, that first 25, 30, 40,000 people came from that job. So they think they took, some, took from me, but actually they gave to me. It was reciprocity. Right. And, and I was really stunned by how many people don't get that. You know, I, I just don't you know, I, I, I um, even to this day, I've even said, gosh, if I knew somebody who would get who had a big platform with a million followers and would let, let me go on there for free. Oh, I, I do what or I do whatever for them. I do content for them every day for nothing. And I and I've run into people where I said, oh, you're good. Hey, you want to use the platform? And they might turn around and say, well, how much am I going to get paid? And I'm like, well, I don't get paid to do videos like I don't know. what You know, like no, nothing. You do get access to. But pe but because we're used to thinking on the side of the employee. Like, okay, what's my paycheck gonna be? We're not always thinking on the side of the investor and the owner and the entrepreneur, right? So I'm not telling anybody what to do, but what I will say is that if you wanna build big platforms, I really think that this line of thinking might be more beneficial. Uh, and also, so I would say invest in yourself. I would also say this, uh, you know, one of the things that helped us protect ourselves when we lost our Instagram page, which maybe we'll get it back, maybe we won't, whatever. And I was actually kind of, to be honest with you, I was kind of relieved to not, you know, deal with social media every day and stuff. It was kind of, it gets kind of exhausting. Like there's studies that show what social media does to your mind. And uh, and so it's actually been a relief. However, um, you know, we, we, we have so many platforms that it's like, okay, well, let's just divert our traffic over here. Let's just go do something over here. So I would encourage you, uh, never get overly committed to one platform. I have seen this happen a lot where somebody will build up a gigantic TikTok page and do nothing but TikTok. And remember that that's not your audience, that's TikTok's audience. Their TikTok is making the money, not you. They're the ones who are selling your audience to uh, their corporate sponsors. Now, it doesn't mean you're getting screwed necessarily unless you choose to screw yourself by not diversifying, right? So that same content that can go on TikTok, can also go on Instagram, it can also go on a YouTube short, it can go on a Facebook reel because they're all competing with each other. And I think that a presence on all those platforms is absolutely essential for anybody that does content. And, uh, and, and in fact, even a long form video on YouTube can be chopped into pieces and used on a variety of platforms. Okay, Twitter, uh, there's so many, I mean, Telegram, they all have the same model. It's like, okay, let's just build a bunch of people, make them social, and, and where they create content or whatever, and then we're gonna go sell this to advertisers. So so they all tend to um, uh, wanna bring people together, and then they also have some advertising mechanism where either major corporations are advertising or you can actually advertise, right? So you can run a TikTok ad, you can run an ad on Pinterest, you can run an ad on even Hulu if you want to, right? So I would encourage you to kind of study those ecosystems and understand how they work and, and use them all, you know? And so uh, what's the other thing I would say? Um, I, I would say, we were talking about being consistent uh, with content creation. The other thing I'll say with, with that is uh, just know that there are multiple styles of content creation. Uh, so, uh, so depending on your time, like, so when I, I travel a lot, I'm always doing stuff, but I always have time to make content. Why? Well, because again, I was telling you earlier, con making content is as easy as having a conversation. It's as easy as going to the bathroom. It's as easy as going to lunch. If you, if you think that way. So, 
the only days I wouldn't make content would be days where I don't use the bathroom, which is pretty much no day. I, you're going to use the bathroom every day. You're going to you're going to eat lunch every day. Uh, and so uh, so effectively what might occur is if I'm really busy, or I'm traveling the speed or the rate with which I use the content or create the content might change. So, for example, if I'm at home, I might sit down at my desk, turn on my lights and I have this little makeshift studio set up. I didn't spend a bunch of money on it and I, and I might sit and do an hour long conversation or whatever. Uh, if I'm on the road, that's when I that's when I'm popping in with two, three, four minute videos. Uh, or if I don't have time to do either, I may take a long form video, chop a piece of it off and then uh, take that one minute clip and put it on Facebook and Instagram. OK, so uh, I, I'm going to stop talking because it sounds like uh, it sounds, I don't know if I'm going over my time. I don't know how much time I have to talk, but. Was somebody asking a question? Okay. Sorry, I heard I heard some noises, so I, I wasn't sure if I sometimes I over talk. Doctor Voice, you're you're fine. You're fine. Oh, I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Sorry, I I, I didn't want to I didn't want to mess up because sometimes the point you you were making a point about um, being consistent and how easy it is to make content. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not it's not the crazy process that people make it out to be. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There there are people doing all kinds of podcasts and stuff now. Now everybody has a podcast, right? And that's fine. Um, but I think that sometimes people are spending too much uh, in terms of setting up the most beautiful studio that they possibly can. But if you're into that, then I say go for it. Uh, but I would also say that um, you should probably think as much about distribution as you think about content creation. I see people think a lot about creating the most beautiful content, but they're not thinking about, okay, how am I going to have a system to make sure that this gets seen by as many people as possible? And that might be as simple as buying a Facebook ad and making sure everybody sees your best video or your best whatever. Uh, and then the last thing I would say, this is the last piece, and then I can open up for some questions if anybody has any questions, is you got to get offline. You got to get, you can't, you know, um, I told you Instagram, Facebook, Twitter run by Elon Musk. These are all horrible companies, honestly. Apple, all of them, you know, I'm not saying they're horrible. They're beautiful and they're horrible, right? And they're horrible in the sense that they'll, they they, they can deplatform you any, at any time. Um, they and, and even if they don't deplatform you, what one thing Facebook did was they used to let people have reach. You know, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but there was a time where your Facebook post would get a ton of organic reach. That time disappeared. They just decided, ah, we'll let you have 0.1% of your audience. So then you're mad, right? Because you got 400,000 followers on the Facebook page and you put a post up and it gets seen by, you know, 300 people or 1,000 people. And you're like, well, where's the other 399,000? I'll tell you where they are. Facebook has packaged them up and sold them to someone else. So you kind of did the work for them. So to some extent, social media, if you don't use it properly, it can turn you into a digital sharecropper. We're pumping in all this content, and then Zuckerberg ends up being worth $100, $100 billion or something uh, because they're able to sell these audiences. So what I would say to you to be safe, that last little piece, is get your audience offline as much as possible. So that means building your email list. That means building your uh, – maybe building a text list. Uh, there, And if you do content that's controversial, that may get you in trouble. Like, for example, um, we worked with somebody named Dr. Christina Parks, who has a Ph.D. in molecular biology from the University of Michigan, who did some earth shattering testimony about uh, those, those jabs, those vaccines. And uh, and let me tell you, uh, Dr. Parks can't she can't rock on YouTube and Instagram like everybody else. She's on Telegram. 
where they actually allow her to say what she needs to say. And that's and we respect that, you know, and, and at the convention. And this is why we don't allow any major corporations to sponsor us. We have panels where we'd have Dr. Parks on one side and a, and a, a pro vaccine a doctor on the other side. And they would just kind of and they wouldn't even debate. I mean, it doesn't have to be a competition. It was more like share all your perspectives with the audience so they can make their own decision. Uh, and uh, and maybe that's assuming too much that we believe people can think for themselves, but that's what we believe. So ultimately, uh, depending on the type of the style that you operate, really anybody should do this in my opinion. You should always have some place where your audience goes that's gonna be yours. And it should even be more than one place. This comes from um, not just my background in terms of business, but as a finance professor, what I can tell you is that the number one rule of investing and you are an investor. You're, you're by you being here. You're an investor. Uh, the number one rule of investing is to diversify. It's to not put your all your eggs in one basket. So, so, and this has literally been the one thing that's protected us as we've dealt with, you know, some of our challenges in terms of dealing with social media. So, so these companies, I say that they're horrible and that that I don't like them. But then again, um, I actually love them because without Facebook and without Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, I couldn't have reached the audience that we've reached. Uh, also, I'm a stockholder in all these companies and I've made a lot of money from my investments in these companies. So so it's kind of a mixed bag and that's the world we live in. And I say adjust to that world and do things different because I can tell you, I, I think in my two cents, I believe a lot of people are not quite doing it right. So uh, I don't have anything else to say. I hope that this was helpful. This was uh, as honest and as direct as I could um, be with you. And uh, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Dr. Boyce, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was an awesome uh, presentation. I think a lot of business owners uh, do not leverage uh, the live mm. options on social media as much as they could. So mm -hmm. um, are there any other questions? Okay, well, I have a question. So you talked about, you know, going live and, you know, when you're having those those side discussions, like making them public, like how do you get in the habit of doing that? Well, uh, they say that, you know, don't they say it takes 30 days to form a new habit? Um, and so that would basically say to me that um, the way you get a habit is you just repeat it. You just do it over and over again until it becomes a habit. Um, that's that's just it. You know, you, at first it's hard. Um, you know, I'm in the habit of running every couple of days, but I wasn't in that habit when my wife first introduced it to me. I was like, wait, it's 530 in the morning. It's, it's 10 degrees outside. I'm not going nowhere. I'm staying in bed. <laughs> it's nice here. And uh, and my wife, you know, kind of taught me into it and I started doing it. Then next thing you know, it became a habit. So um, I would say if, there, if, if you want to break out of the prison of your own of the habits that, that, that you have now, because it is a prison in a way like we're all trapped in. You know, when you were trying to sort of level up, um, it's hard because you're used to being who you are. And so for you to be another person is is hard. It takes a ton of discipline. And so and sometimes if you don't if you can't muster the discipline, it might require a coach or an accountability partner. Somebody's really going to either encourage you or kick you in the butt and push you to do things that are different until you can take over that on your own. Uh, so, um, you know, I, that's that's what I'd say. I think so. I think you have a choice. You can either stay where you are. Or you can elevate, and uh, the option's always yours. But it's a, it's a tough choice. It's, it, everybody and everybody's going through it and right now. Like I have things where I'm, I'm like, okay, boys, either you can keep being the old boys, or you can become the better version of boys. He's out there for you, but you got to have the desire to go get him and make the sacrifices to go get him. And that's hard to do. It's hard to make those sacrifices. So my my next question, because you hit a very very important uh, point, because I, I remember I was looking. I was looking for your Instagram one day 
<laughs> and I was like, where's voice? So I went to YouTube and I, I got, I follow you. I got the notification. I was like, his IG got deleted. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. So how, besides the email list, what other ways can we have, you know, maintain our own audience? Um, other, uh, I, I think email text uh, is good too. Uh, text is a little more expensive, but it allows more direct connection with your audience. Um, and, and again, these are things you can study. There, there are people that maybe teach you know low-cost classes on how to do these things. I'm a big believer in taking classes. I take tons and tons of online classes. You, you learn more online than you can learn in a university. Take it from a college professor. I know universities teach you a lot, but they overcharge you, and they don't always teach you what you need to really survive in the real world. And uh, But there's so many smart people online that are teaching things that can benefit you. And so when I want to learn how to do something, I go find somebody who I believe knows how to do it that isn't going to charge me an arm and a leg, and I pay them, you know, if, if it's a, whether it's a coach um, or whatever. And uh, and those investments work. They, they, they do pay off, and they're, it's much cheaper than college. I mean, college was like, you know, for some of us, $100,000. And those professors, you know, they can't really teach us this kind of stuff. So uh, I would say, um, yeah, so I would say email, text, uh, maybe um, – you know, and, and then even if you're on social media, just multiple platforms. Uh, and remember, some of the platforms allow freedom of speech a little bit more than others. So, again, not everybody is controversial, though. And so if, you have to, if you're doing something simple and naive, it's not so bad, right? But um, even then, though, I think having the multiple platforms allows you to take advantage of the many opportunities that are out there uh, because not every platform monetizes the same. So, for example, YouTube is very easy to monetize. TikTok is hard to monetize. I, I know a young man I, I'm consulting with right now, uh, he started doing these weird, ugly TikTok dances with his, and I call them ugly, but I'm 52, so maybe to me, you know, everything, some of the stuff they do is weird. But he started doing these little weird TikTok dances with his girlfriend. <laughs> and suddenly he had 4 million followers on TikTok. He was like, he's like, I, I know I'm supposed to be rich or something, but I don't know how to get rich. And I was like, okay, let me, let me, let's talk about it. And so, and one of the things that I did talk to him about doing was I said, let's get a lot of your TikTok followers over to your YouTube channel, because at least with the YouTube, we can put you in a position where maybe you're making five or $10,000 a month from YouTube. Right. Uh, and then let's talk about uh, product development and, and how to incorporate that, that, that into what you're doing without it, uh, without it, li uh, not liquidating, but watering down. Uh, you know, your brand and, and, you know, to your audience. And so, uh, so you really have to learn that business side, you know? Um, so that, that's, those are some of my thoughts. All right. Well, yes. Uh, Giovanni, hold on. Let me give you the mic. Hi there. Thanks Dr. Boyce for everything you've said today. You, um, a lot of things really raised my hackles, especially digital sharecropper. I felt that very deeply. Hmm. Um, I'd like to know how do you suggest that we um, increase engagement. Because hmm. I have, I mean, I don't have anywhere near millions of anything, but I have some followers, but, mm -hmm. and I have an email list. But boy, do they not respond. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a tough one. Um, and, and it's tough for everybody. Um, I would start by thinking about it like if you had a class and your assignment was to increase engagement, you know, what would you do, right? If you're taking a class, a lot of y'all are very smart. Um, I can I can tell uh, if you're taking a class and they say, in, you know, increase engagement. Well, well, first thing you might do, for example, is uh, go to the, the greatest university in the history of this earth, which is called Google.com. And you can search how to increase engagement on my Instagram page. And they'll give you, and there, there's not just, you know, tons of free information, but also there are, there are people that will teach classes or give you, you know, templates on, 
things you can do. Because the thing that social media people have figured out, the reason Mark Zuckerberg has $100 billion is because they understand that the human mind and, and human emotions can be hacked. They study what types of content will make you engage, will make you keep scrolling, will make you laugh, will make you cry. They do these things, and it's it's almost to the point where it's become somewhat unethical. And then when you blend in AI and all that, it's, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be an absolute mess. Um, so you really have to be having awareness of that, so you don't let 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 it exploit you and use you and commodify you. But um, but to the extent that you're doing this ethically or getting people to think about something they might not normally think about, uh, I think that understanding your core audience is really important. So getting back to basic business ideas, like you know, who is your avatar? Uh, what do they care about? You know, uh, if you're posting. Uh, are you posting? I, I, I consulted with a friend of mine who was asking me about his social media, and I said, I noticed on your page, you talk about yourself a lot. In every video, you're in every video, and you're holding the camera up to your face in every single video. And I said, honestly, if I didn't know you, I would think you were kind of arrogant. You know, and I said, what about posting things that your audience cares about? You know, and um, and uh, and so so that's what that's one thought that kind of comes to mind is. You know, I, I think that one thing I try to remember is that my social media is not about me. People don't follow me because they like me. Maybe they might like me. I might be lucky that way but sometimes, but I assume they follow me because there's something that I can do for them that will make their life better. And so I would think about that first and foremost, and then think about ways to present that content in a way that does stimulate that engagement. So sometimes it might be as simple as asking an engaging question, you know, or asking a question about a topic that everybody has an opinion on. Uh, and I, I would say also be really careful about staying on brand too, though. Like you don't want to look for just any topic that's interesting. Look for things that that link back to what you're doing. So um, again, to, to just sort of expose, sort of let you know one thought process I have in terms of leveraging whatever your individual strengths are. Everybody has different strengths and you want to figure out what those are. Um, I know that one strength my wife and I have is as professors, we can take a conversation that everybody's having and elevate the conversation, right? We can take it to a space where, you know, we can say some things that nobody else is saying anywhere, right? So for example, this morning, my wife and I do a podcast called Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia, and we, where we lay against our pillows. Just to tell you how simple the content creation process can be, it's strictly audio. I hold my phone and we lay, lay we lay in the bed and we talk. And it gets, you know, hundreds of thousands of listens, right? So so we don't go to a studio, none of that fancy stuff. And uh, and what we do is we're talking about Jamie Foxx and uh, his stroke and whatever, right? So Jamie Foxx, that's interesting. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of people are wondering about that. A lot of people like Jamie Foxx. And uh, and I said, you know, so as if you were his therapist and you, he's he's a black man who's very successful, and but there are so many black men out here who think we think we're never going to get old. And then you get hit with a tragedy like a stroke, you know, or whatever it was that happened to him. Uh, you know, how do you work through that? What do you say to him if you're his therapist, right? So that allows us to, you know, th th that lets the audience know, oh, that's right. This She's not just some lady talking on the internet. She's a, a highly trained therapist that's talking. And that adds value to whatever segment of the audience appreciates that kind of thing. And it still allows us to have the fun of talking about things that a lot of people care about, right? So so, so that's that's kind of something that um, takes time. It's an acquired skill, but uh, if you stay with it long enough, um, it, it eventually sinks in. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Boyce. Perkins. We're about to break for lunch. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you for having me, Z.
Yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you for accepting the invitation. Yes. Um, where do you want, uh, I mean, you already gave the, the code for mm -hmm. people to text and connect with you, but where do you want people to connect with you online? Um, well, online, I, I mentioned my new Instagram or the one that I, I have this all along, but this is when I do my stuff now um, is a Dr. Boy's Finance. And uh, we haven't given up on the old Instagram. There's some stuff in works, but, you know, it's OK. It's it's just a page. Uh, and uh, but Dr. Boy's Finance. And then also, um, yeah, if you text the word stock to three one nine nine six, I can send you some good stuff. I have a, a book called um, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar that I can send you for free. And also uh, every week we we go through stocks that are uh, I'm big on the investing. And I, I really believe that that's an important thing for all of us to do. And I'll send you stocks that I'm buying each week. So just text the word stock to 31996. That way we can also stay connected. So God bless you, everybody. Thank you uh, for having me, Z. And I, I appreciate every one of you. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. So there we go. I was giving a speech, so I thought that I would go live. I hope that this conversation was beneficial. What's up, Dr. Vibe? How you doing, brother? I see you in here. Uh, let me see. I'm going to look at some of the comments. Let's see here. Now you know how Michi X feels when you lose something that you worked hard for and it's taken away. Uh, don't talk about Michi X. Without, without me, Michi X wouldn't even have a platform. She had no platform when I decided to help her. So I, I don't want to talk about that nonsense. Uh, sometimes when you fire people, they get mad about it. Uh, when you are banned, what becomes of the media you previously published on the platform? I think they just keep it. I, I guess they because remember, when you sign up for these social media platforms, they have terms that you have to um, submit to. And one of the terms is that it's their content. Uh, what about our people not being able to get funds due to them like farm credits? I don't know. That's tough. That's very tough. Uh, you are the only encouragement we got. Uh, now you, you can encourage yourself, Brian. Uh, you can you can accomplish things on your own, brother. And so don't. Don't ever um, give up on yourself. Dr. Bob says, uh, great presentation. Thank you. Scarlett says, here we go, shrug. <laughs> uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, breaking the habit of being yourself. Yes, absolutely. Um, speak on folks who buy a $30 million EATCH. I don't know what EATCH is. Uh, we are now being told what to say. Yeah, yeah, the, the censorship is a real thing. The censorship is chaotic and it's a bunch of crap and I'm not a fan of it. Um, okay, get a job. <laughs> Let's see. Anybody else got any questions before I get on out of here? I'm about to go take a little nap. Uh, we need a fly Nubian Kings platform. Well, we have the Black Boss Channel. Uh, that's close enough. Uh, the Black Boss Channel.com, T H E, the Black Boss Channel.com. So feel free to take a look. What's the best app for screen recording? Um, you know what, Brian? I think that there's already something embedded in your iPhone that lets you record your screen. So, uh, so you may want to try that. Um, all right. So anyway, I'm going to get on out of here. Uh, it was good to see everybody. I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to y'all later. Take care. Bye-bye.